Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, Gompies, and welcome to 100% Hits. Volume Pod, the podcast that looks at the greatest compilations this country's ever produced. My name is Josh Earl, and joining me this week, very special guest. Please welcome back to the podcast. It's Justin Hamilton, everyone. Yay. I love this podcast. I am wrapped to be back, and we're doing it a bit differently this time. We are doing it a bit differently. So for the listener, Hammo has not heard any of these songs. He probably has heard them, but he doesn't know what's coming up. We're going mm. in blind, okay? Mm. Some may say, ooh, that's interesting. Others may say, someone pulled out last minute and we're moving forward, okay? <laughs> it's currently 8.14, Wednesday the 26th of April. This will be out at 7am, Wednesday the 27th of April. Time is running out. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Well, it also gives an insight into the exciting life that I lived that you needed someone on a Wednesday night at the last second and I was ready to go. It's like I've been waiting for this call for something to happen. The best thing was, Hammer, you were number one choice as well. Don't, don't oh, think thank I, you. I went through the roller decks. I went, right. <laughs> I was like, who doesn't have children who would be put into bed right now? Hammer's my man. <laughs> That's why I don't have them, so I can help out my friends with podcasts at the last second. So we're doing uh, Volume 25, Side B. Last week we did Side A with Alexi Toliopoulos. So the year was 98. Alexi, first time he's done it where he'd actually been born. Yep. 98. I was 16 turning 17. Hammer, mm. you're, you're a fully-fledged adult by this stage. Yeah, I'm like 25 going into 26. So, uh, you know, I'm getting ready to see if I'm one of the immortal rock gods and if I will live past 27. That's what I'm, uh, that's what I'm gearing up for. Am I about to hit it big uh, with, a, with a single, become a rock god and then check out? No, I no, never. No, no one in the list today is uh, in the 27 <laughs> club, I can, I can say. That's very okay. nice. Uh, so, but 25, that's, a, that's an interesting age where you kind of like, you've got, you've got your tastes. Yep. You're still listening to new music. Yep. Are you getting over that whole pop songs are cringe or are you still like you still listening to just what you want to listen to? I I've got to be honest, I've always had a pretty eclectic uh, you know, broad range of music that I like. Yeah. And so uh, you know, like a you know, as a kid, I, I kind of rebelled. I, we've talked about this before, but I rebelled against uh, bands like Cold Chisel, which uh, I, I rebelled against them without ever listening to them because yeah. everyone told me I should be into Cold Chisel. But I was off listening to The Violent Femmes and I was listening to They Might Be Giants. And, uh, you know, I, I think I was lucky because I was an Elvis Costello fan. Yep. And uh, Costello was just never afraid to be into whatever he was into. So if, if I was listening to a perfect pop song, like, uh, like a Burt Bacharach song, I was very comfortable with yeah. that. Also, your favourite artist being David Bowie, yeah. changed, changed genres himself. 
Yeah, so, you know, like, if, if I'm going to say, hey, I'm really not into disco-y soul music, then I'm just going to have to cut out one of his greatest albums. Yeah. And that feels like a bummer experience. I had the same thing, because when I was, so, 99 was when Girling's first album came out, and I was a huge mm-hmm. Girling fan. For those yeah. who don't know, Sydney band, they wore backpacks, they sounded like Pavement one song, and the next song they were sounding like... Uh, I don't know, they had Kylie Minogue come on and, and guest on a song. It was like yep. they just jumped around. And I, I've said this before, but I reckon they were 15 years too early for themselves. Yes. If they came out when iPods were coming out or even when like streaming was a thing, they would yep. be perfect because people would go, yeah, they, they just like make good songs. It doesn't matter what yep. genre they're making. Yeah, yeah, that's so true, isn't it? Yeah, they, uh, they, they would have been perfect for uh, this era where it doesn't matter what an album is. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. All right, we are going to kick this off. So we've just had, uh, we've just had, uh, I think Shania Twain uh, on the other side. Ah, uh, oh, Shania. Arcana pl- finished off the side A. We've now flipped over to side B, and okay. this is our first ska band for the entire oh, compilation. F- this is unbelievable timing for you to bring up ska. So let's oh, go for it. This is the mighty mighty Bostones and their song, "The Impression That I Get." Exactly one minute we played. <laughs> Mate, I reckon I have not thought of that song <laughs> in a long time. I have not heard that song in a long time. And I've got to be honest, it felt joyful it's just great. to hear that. It's It just popped in and I immediately was in a good mood and it's 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 a great pop song. So this is what they call third wave Scar. Okay, this is right. the, the third wave of Scar. And I would say in an alternative universe this could have been the start of a huge scar revolution where we all wore bad suits and skanked to horns for years to come yeah (laughs) it didn't happen like that okay Ah, it's disappointing it feels like it would have been uh you know we would have all been uh much happier in in, in good time so it's fascinating that you bring this up because i don't know why you know when you like music and who knows why this will happen but a song just gets into your head and you, you there's who knows what set it off? Like maybe you saw something, maybe you saw one word while you were reading a book and then that triggered a memory or whatever. But I had the specials Ghost Town. Yep. And I was like, oh man, I haven't listened to that song in a long time. This is this literally happened a few weeks ago. So I went and re-listened to that and I was like, damn, this is a good song. And then I was listening to their album and the specials were really good, but I just couldn't quite get into it. And then, and then I watched them on SNL and... They were fantastic, but for whatever reason, it didn't hit. Yeah. Like 
it was an incredible performance and it's full of energy and it was it was musically interesting and uh, it just kind of never found its way into the American heartland in the way that they thought it might. So yeah. I've been thinking about Scar quite a bit because of that. It is a fun genre of music to be into. It's always like when you when you see really good swing dancers and go, yeah, that looks good. That looks so yes. much fun. Yes. And then I would like... I'll not have that thought again no, for another yeah. nine years until I accidentally see swing dancing. Uh, so the band, they're originally called just the Bostones, being from right. the Boston area. Yep. Uh, a little fun uh, homage to their town. Uh, but they discovered an a cappella group already had the name. So a bartender in the bar they would drink at suggested, why don't you add Mighty Mighty to it? Not just one Mighty, add two Mighties. You're the Mate, Mighty that- Mighty Bostones. That guy's a winner. Yeah. Like, and he was correct as well. Like the Mighty Bostones, whatever. Yep. The Mighty Mighty Bostones, yeah. fantastic. So like any good ska band, they have a ton of members. Uh, yeah. But one of their members is a full-time dancer. His name is Ben Carr. So he's just right. on, on stage for vibes, the occasional backing vocals. But yep. sometimes the backing vocals don't even have a mic. He's just there. And he, he started in the band because he was their roadie. But he was too young right. to get into the show. He was under 21. Right. And so in order to get in, the band said to the bouncers, oh, no, he's, he's on stage with us. He's in the band. And so right. they, he had to be on stage. So they're like, what are you going to do? And he goes, I'll just be a hype man. I'll just dance around. And they loved it. And I'm like, yeah, that's it. That's your role now. So you're roadie uh, and hype man. That is the best. That's a little bit like, um, is it uh, Leroy Thornhill for The Prodigy? Oh, he was kind of... Yeah. That was kind of his job as well, wasn't it? Uh, no, I think Keith Flint, he, the lead singer, started off as just like a, just the dancer? a dancer. Yeah. Yes. Because the Happy right. Mondays had Bears as well. So there's yeah. a few kind of bands who just went, all right, we've got someone who's, who's vibes. Uh, but yeah, so this, is, this is their fifth album you, as well. Oh, sorry. No, yeah, no, right. Ask a question. No, no, I was going to say, like, would you have, if, if someone said, like, we want you to join our band and you're really into them, but you, all you do is dance. Like, which band would it be? Like, who, which band would you be happily the dancer for? Well, I was asked to dance on stage with the Avalanches uh, in really? their DJ set. Because I, yeah. I, I kind of knew a guy at the time from the band Children Collide. And uh, Johnny, he was like saying, hey, come up on stage. I'm like, I don't, I don't want to do that. He goes, come on, everyone's getting up on stage. It'll be fun. And I was like, oh, I, don't, I don't know them. I don't want to. I was thinking, look, Johnny, like. He was drunk at a festival. He was like, yeah, just come and do it. And I didn't want that awkward thing We're going, I shouldn't be here. So I didn't yeah. do it. But the Avalanche would be fun to do it. Also, the Flaming Lips, they have big costumes, big shows. be fun getting in one of those big inflatable balls and rolling on top of the crowd. Oh, be yeah. Fun. Yeah. I was uh, at the Adelaide Big Day Out with a couple of our friends, Limo and, uh, and Will Anderson. And this was back in the Triple J days. And uh, I remember... Having a good time yep. at the big day out. Been a nice sober affair for you three, yep. Absolutely. And then suddenly realising that Adam Spencer was on stage with the Flaming Lips. That's oh. a very weird thing to be standing in the audience and go, is that Spencer? Yep, it was Spence up there having a good time. Um, okay, so this is the, the lead single from the fifth album. It was a hit in both Australia and the US. It got to number one on the Billboard rock charts. Yep. Got to number 11 here. And it finished 38th in the Hottest 100 of that year, of 98. Yeah, right. Although it was released earlier than on this album because it was um, part of a a, um, a benefit album for... So in Brookline, Massachusetts, uh, two abortion workers were killed. And so they released a, a benefit album to uh, raise money for their families. And so they put right. this song on it. Uh, it was... It's the band's biggest hit. 
Um, but not the first time they would have been introduced to a worldwide uh, audience because they were the club band in the film Clueless. Oh, really? Which came right. out in 95. Wow. What yeah. a fascinating career. Like do you, you kind of think like five albums in and then yeah. you Things were very different, weren't they? Yeah. Like, you know, so many bands could kind of release albums and not quite find their way and, and, and then suddenly finally get that hit and yeah. be ready to go. And it was big. They, they, you mentioned Saturday Night Live earlier. They were on Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were on the episode hosted by Chris Farley, his, his last appearance. He, he died not long oh, after. Oh, right. And so you listen to the opening lines of this song, which is, have you ever been close to tragedy or close to folks who have? And it's very apt because this, oh, yeah. this was the episode where Chris Farley... Uh, pretty much had minders with him and Adam Sandler and a few of the old, his old gang kind of came back just to pretty much hold him up and help him get through the show. He just wasn't, oh, right. wasn't capable of doing it. Like, so uh, I, I don't quite know the Chris Farley story. Was he uh, addicted to yeah. yeah heroin? Right. Ah, yeah. I, I, like I knew that he, uh, he died young and everything. And, you know, I've seen like uh, the greatest entrance on Letterman yep. of all time. But yeah. if, if anyone hasn't seen that, give yourself a good solid five minutes because it so goes good. forever and it's the best. For a big guy, he, had, he was so graceful on his feet as well. He could yeah. move. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but so Dickie Barrett is the lead singer of the Mighty Mighty Bostones. Yep. Who he was up until last year. He's now left the band. He was also the announcer for Jimmy Kimmel for years. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but he left both those jobs uh, due to his refusal to get vaccinated. Oh, no, Dickie, yeah. come on, mate, So get um, on board. He's not a fan of the vaccines. I, as, as someone who's had COVID three times, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry if you're listening and you, you don't want to get vaccinated, but I'm wrapped that yeah. I've, been, I've had all those vaccinations because I've had it three times and it's, you know, um, might not, I might not be here doing uh, the podcast. All right, we'll move on. We're going to move on to, look, if Matchbox 20 is too exciting... <laughs> this is a band that's come along to help you out. This is the band Tonic and their song Open Up Your Eyes. Open up your eyes from their debut album Lemon Parade, Hamo. That is inoffensive. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's look, I, I love rock music. Yeah. This is the type of rock music that I get 
angry about. Not because it's yeah. bad. It's just boring. And that's probably the worst thing a song can be is boring. Like, I just think it's, 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 it's I don't know. We were talking about this last week with, with Alexi. Like, I like rock and roll. This is rock. They've forgotten the role. There's a, yeah. It's got a better There's n- swing to it. Yeah, absolutely. It's, um, yeah. So, so I've been working on a, a, a project that I've, as me listening to a lot of 90s music. It's set in 1996. So I've been listening to a lot of 90s music and uh, I've gone back and I've been listening to, you know, Nirvana and Soundgarden and uh, Pearl Jam and all of that. And it's, it's great. Yeah. Like it's still, it still feels vibrant. It still feels uh, dirty and, you know, there's real, uh, there's swings within it as well, like big swings. And um, this is fine. Yeah. Like yep. it's like there's nothing wrong with it, but there's just it, it's so rudimentary. Yeah, um, I'm guessing you'd call this post post grunge. Yeah, is that what it I would think, be? I think they would call it. I don't know if they even called it grunge. I don't know. Yeah, right. So they formed in '93. Their first two years, they just gigged. They were just a, a bar band gig, and they did over 300 shows in two years, which that's a lot of midweek gigs. Wow. Yeah. Um, the other big song from the album Lemon Parade was a song called "If I Could Only See." Which I remember that one. I don't remember this one, although the chorus did make me feel like it's. It sounds like a Christian television ad, which there was a lot of in the nineties. <laughs> so could I make it? I, this is uh, getting slightly off tonic, but I'll have to make an admission to you and everybody. But uh, I was really into the band live when they first opened, uh, first came out, and I saw them. I saw live. You saw live live. live? <laughs> yeah, and uh, thought they were great yeah, and had well, a really good time. And then you. Really listen to the lyrics. Like, I don't mind a bit of religious imagery in lyrics. Like, I don't have a problem with that. I'm not religious. Yeah. But, you know, I don't mind it. And then after a while you're going, wait a second. Yeah. I think, well, the Killers, all their songs are quite religious as well. If yeah. you break down what their all their songs are about, it's all... I mean, and that's fine. I mean, I like Nick Cave as well. Nick Cave yeah. talks about God a lot. Yeah. But it's like, it's not, doesn't come across preachy. That's, yeah. That's the, that's the trick. Yeah. All right. Uh, I, I think I'm going to move on. I don't think I have anything more to say about I, Tonic. Like, like to, to, to shit on them is unfair. Yeah. To, to praise them is too much. I mean, this is the thing. So <laughs> it's boring. Like, I would prefer a cheesy Eurodance song to this because at least it's – I can either go, oh, this is – who is this for? Or at least they're trying something different. This just seems like they're just going, cool, this will feel three minutes 40 in our set list. Yeah. I don't know. This – this will get us on college radio. Yeah, I can show off my, my, my good voice. All right. Yeah. Uh, this is a song I do remember. This is uh, an old flatmate of mine. He played, when I lived with him, he played this constantly. This is the band Space featuring Cer- uh, Cerise Matthews of Catatonia and their song, The Ballad of Tom Jones. Bad. You're worse than Hannibal Lecter, Charlie Manson, Freddy Krueger 
you've heard this song Hamo? yeah i so are they are they the ones that also did female of the species they are yes oh so okay so i was i don't know that song yeah but that voice and that uh the way he phrased things was really familiar to me and uh so i i know the female of the species so yeah so female on the species for those know it was on the same album as it was called tin planet it actually came right in a, like instead of just a jewel case cd it actually came in a tin it was very right. cool right. uh and female of the species was the theme song from the uk tv show cold feet oh right so okay if you don't know it by name, you probably hear it go, oh, that's the show that my mum used to watch. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so this got to 46 on the ARIA charts in Australia. Right. It got to four in the UK. Yeah. And in the hottest 100 of 98, it came in at 92. Right. So it had a, a lot of play on Triple J and even like, I'm guessing if it got to 46 in Australia, it would have been like played on other radio stations around as well. So it's pretty much um, Tommy Scott and Jamie Murphy. Uh, they they formed the band in Liverpool. They met where uh, Murphy was hired as a roadie for Scott's band, which was called the Australians. Right. And the Australians split up in '92, and then they had another band called the Substitutes, named after the Who song. Yep. And then they renamed it to Space uh, after a song called "My Own Dream" by the Real People, which I don't know. Um, but yeah, they, there was a a line in that that said space. And so they went, yeah, we'll call our song space. <laughs> I love it. There's something, um, there's something really fascinating about them. Cause there, there's, it, it almost at times feels like it shouldn't work or that feels like they've put in like the wrong vocal on yeah. the, on the track or something. And, and that makes it uh, really fascinating to it's, listen to. It's really interesting because they kind of came, you know, this is 98. This is like Brit pop is kind of like, still chugging along but kind of mm. dying out a bit mm. and they were around in that but they were instead of inspired by the Beatles and other like the Kinks and all that kind of stuff these guys were like no we were inspired by films we just loved mm. films and all our songs we wrote in terms of like how would this look in a film or inspired by a film and the like the, the uh, connection they have with film and so they were like coming from it from a different angle which in 98 no one else was really doing that yeah, I'd love to know if uh, Alex Turner is a fan because oh, I feel yeah. like the last few Arctic Monkeys albums have specifically felt uh, it's it's a very weird thing to give a visual, but it feels widescreen. Yeah, I, that the last Arctic Monkeys album that came out last year, very oh. very good. Yeah, really it was a scorcher. <laughs> well, I, I went back and re-listened to the the previous one as well, and I think there is uh, there's something magical about that too. Yeah. I, that, that was my first concert in three or four years uh, when I saw them at the start of the year and I thought they were fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so the song, this song talks about a couple wanted to kill each other, but then they turn the radio on, Tom Jones comes on and they're like, oh, all right, we can sort this out. We both like Tom Jones. Uh, ah, great. That's, Tom, a, that's a really positive song. Yeah. Tom Jones heard it, loved it. 
Loved yep. it so much that he got both Space and Cerise Matthews to perform on his album Reload, which was like a cover, mainly a cover oh, album. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the one with Sex Bomb on it. Yes, yeah. right. So uh, Space did the kink song Sunny Afternoon with him. Oh, and great. Cerise Matthews did Baby It's Cold Outside. Oh, right. Wow. Which, which got to 17 in the UK. <laughs> it was the second single from it. And this is what I found. The fourth single was Sex Bomb, which was wow. the big hit from it. Right. And we'll probably talk about that in an upcoming episode, I'm going to say. I'm going to say Sex Bomb is going to make it on the list. You know, I, I wish, uh, I guess it's rights things and money and or whatever, but, uh, you, you know, I, I miss great covers. And, yeah. uh, and you know, Brian Ferry and I don't know, maybe it was because we were brought up on them. Uh, but, uh, I love hearing a fantastic cover. Do you know who has a really good covers album out, which is Paul Dempsey from Something for Kate? Oh, has he really? Right. He does, like... It kind of came out and wasn't really kind of talked about. I'm not sure if he even released it as physical copies, but it's on Spotify right. if you want to listen to it. And he does a great cover of the Middle Kid song. Um, oh, what's the, I forget what the song is called, but it's it's great. And the whole album okay. does like an Artist of Life cover. He does like a, a Cindy Lauper cover. It, it's it's really good and it's interesting because his voice is amazing. Mm. And I don't think something for Kate really shows off how amazing his actual voice is. Right. How interesting. Yeah, because they're like kind of, you know, easy to make fun of in that kind of a million miles an hour. But when he's let free, <laughs> he can just, he can sing like a bird hammer. <laughs> yeah, no, well, I saw him, uh, I saw, uh, I've, I've always had a soft spot for something for Kate and I have a particularly soft spot for him. I think he's super cool. Uh, and they did support for Bowie and uh, I thought they did really good support spot. But I also, he does an amazing Ashes to Ashes, which is yeah. a particularly hard song to hit the notes for. Yeah. All right, we're going to move on now. They're back. The brothers are back with their fourth single and their fourth top 20 hit in Australia. This is The Hanson Boys. And their song, Weird. Think, Hamo. Like you know, it's. I have no memory of that song whatsoever. Me either. And if you had said um, who sang this song, I would have said an English young ingenue. <laughs> yes. And um, to realise it's Hanson, you know, I don't like. I don't want to be rude, but it's you know, it is. It is a bit strange to think how weird everyone is. <laughs> it is. See, written by teenagers. It's impressive. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I heard this song and look, it's no umbop. I'm a no. Big, I was a big fan of umbop, but I could see if you're a Hanson fan and you had Absolutely. the album, 
yeah. this would could be your favorite song on the album. Oh yeah, because yeah, I reckon Bob and this one. Oh, this one is just for the fans. Yep, I reckon uh, twenty twenty six year old Hamo. This is not for him. No. Sixteen year old Hamo. Still probably not. Yeah, maybe twelve though. I reckon twelve. I might have gotten into it. Sixteen year old Josh was not listening to this. Although it was uh, a top twenty hit in Australia. It got to twelve. Right. Oh, well, there you go. Yep. Yeah. And I was still watching Rage back then, so I'm not sure what I what I was doing when this song came on. Uh, it's got to so funny to hear a song and just go, "I've got no recollection <laughs> yeah. of it whatsoever." It got 19 in the UK, four in Finland, three yeah. in the Netherlands. It was written yeah. by the brothers with the help of a man called Desmond Child, who we've talked about in a previous episode when we talked about the fact he co-wrote the China Phillips song "I Live for You." Oh right. So okay. Absolute gun for hire. So I'll, yeah, because you went on that episode that was with uh, Jess McGuire. So. These are some of the songs he's either co-written or produced. Kisses, I Was Made For Loving You. Bon Jovi's <laughs> Living On A Prayer. Wow. Aerosmith's Dude Looks Like A Lady. Alice wow. Cooper's Poison. Not the Budo version, Alice Cooper's version. Yes. <laughs> and then he switched to pop. So he went from like kind of hair metal, kind of whatever you want to call that kind of stuff, to She Bangs and Cup of Life by Ricky Martin. Wow. Cisco's The Thong Song, this, and then Katy Perry's Waking Up in Vegas. Wow, man. The man's He knows rich. how to write a Yeah, yeah, he knows how to write a song. Yeah. I get that. Good work. You know, um, Hanson are one of those bands as well that, you know, you see them as grown-ups and there's a part of you, like I never got into Hanson, uh, but I see them as grown-ups and they're still doing gigs and, then, and there's this weird part of you that's really proud of them. Yeah. What you go, that's great. Good on you, fellas, you yep. know. I feel the exact same way. Uh, so this film clip, directed by Gus Van Sant. Really? Yeah. Wow. In 98. So he's just come off the back of oh, Goodwill Hunting. Goodwill Hunting. Yeah. Which I, which I just rewatched about a month ago. How, how's it, has it dated okay? Absolutely. Yeah, good. Like it's, it is sensational. It is so good. And, and they are so brilliant in it that when you go and see the movie air, you go, oh. wait a minute. One one movie, you started off championing a young man who's brilliant, who everyone wants him to commit to a life that he's not emotionally ready for or really that interested in. Instead, he's going to follow his heart and see if he can make something work with a girl to, hey, now we're championing a billion-dollar company that became a multi-billion-dollar company. Huzzah. I, I, I tweeted this out, but... <laughs> Listeners, if you if you're not watched Air, watch it if you it. don't know if you don't know who Michael Jordan's uh, shoe is assigned <laughs> to. You're better off just looking at some Jordan highlights and listening to a best of the '80s compilation. That's all. That's all the oh, film is. Mate, I that movie was set up for dickheads like you and yeah. me to love, and if we don't love it, it's like what has gone wrong here? Well, I went I, with I went with Dave Thornton, so I was oh, we, were, no. we were both there going <laughs> three. We, we want to like this. We really do. We are the target demographic. <laughs> I was the only person in the cinema when I went at uh, Palace Cinema in Sydney. Oh. And I was just sitting there and like uh, I wanted to look around at someone going, why is this so awful? You know, did you know how much Amazon paid for it? No. $130 million and essentially put it in the cinema as advertising for you will be able to watch this Christopher Nolan's new movie Oppenheimer, where he is going to literally explode a nuclear bomb, is a hundred million. Mate, it was oh, I was so angry. <laughs> well, Gus Van Sant decided I'm going to follow up Goodwill Hunting with filming these three brothers kind of 
busking in a New York subway while there's yeah. some kind of punks and some kind of like just, you know, weird people walking about. And then two thirds through, they open up like a door and there's some really shitty CGI water and they right. go in there and then they swim around for a verse singing. Then they come back out dry and right. just pick up the instruments and continue playing. It's a bizarre film clip. Wow. To be honest, you've sold me. I'm going to check that out after this is done. I do I do recommend everyone checking it out. So that's <laughs> that's it. That might be also the last time we speak about Hanson. I don't think they'll, they'll be coming back on the pod. Ah, well, you know what? They're great. They, they, and, uh, you know, uh, friends of ours like Alex J, who was the perfect age for Hanson. Yeah. Uh, I, I enjoy their enduring love for them. Well, also, they came at the perfect time. I think 98 was peak time to be a blonde boy in America. Yeah. You had yeah. Jonathan yeah. Taylor Thomas from Home Improvement. Oh, yeah. mate. Like, he, he, you know, you know, there's something very, sorry to interrupt, but there's something very weird about if a guy goes crazy over an underage girl, that is the grossest and most awful thing in the world. But a hot young man and the older ladies will go cocoa bananas and we're meant to just accept that it's fine. Justin yep. Bieber, like watching 40-year-old women have, you know, an a, an apoplectic fit when they see Justin Bieber. No wonder that kid got fucked up for a long time. Yeah. Like, that's weird. Well, the other one around the same time was Leonardo DiCaprio. He oh, was another yeah. good-looking young boy who, like, yeah. women much older were like, this is the guy. This is yeah. the guy. Yeah. Uh, little did they know, they had no chance if they were over the age of 26. All right. <laughs> I was I was waiting for it and I wasn't sure which angle you were going to go. <laughs> Moving on. Oh, quite the gear shift. So we've gone from a ballad by the boys. Okay. To now Buster Rhymes and the clean version of Dangerous. Yeah. Another one of them flip mode joints. Buster Rhymes, yeah. Word mother, yeah. Check it out, yeah. Just sing to the mouth, sing to the back. Make it feel good, make it feel all right. One time, feel good, yeah, y'all. Bust the rounds in the place, y'all. Nigga, you feel real good, y'all. Flip mode, the squad in the place, y'all. Fuck wild for all of my people who don't care. Floss like a bunch of young black millionaires. Making you run, me and my done stacking my ones. Floss a little, invest up in the mutual fund. Blowing the horn, a sense of every day I was born. Never dream I see a new landscape in my lawn. Dangerous, my nickel should be accurate. Have to get the flow be so immaculate. Hey yo, hey yo, watching my dough, sipping my Uh Sipping it slow, them pretty women saying hello. Anyway, go ahead and display your olive ole. Uh Little honey dip whipping a little cabriolet. I don't mean to hold you up, but I got something to say. Swear to only give you hot shit every day. Afraid of us, Uh you know this ain't a game to us. You strange to us, that's when we getting dangerous. Come on. This is serious. We could make you delirious. You should have a healthy fear of us. There's too much of us, it's dangerous. So dangerous, we so dangerous. A flip most fall is dangerous. So dangerous, we so dangerous. My whole entire thing. Um, yeah. That's Buster Rhymes. Real name, Trevor Smith. <laughs> he has a. <laughs> Trevor. Uh, he was given the name Buster Rhymes by Chuck D of Public Enemy. Oh, he, thank he, you very much, Chuck D. He looked like an ex-NFL player called uh, Buster Rhymes. And so, right. yeah, he got it. Uh, Buster Rhymes is an ex-world record holder Yeah, uh, for most syllables spoken in a second. Oh, really? Yeah. 
It's it's been beaten uh, since, but yeah, he was I think up until 2012 a, a world record holder. Wow! Now that's like how many was it? I, I don't well can't be too many. I don't know. I mean, I talk like, fast. I don't know how I get like more than four syllables in a second. Supercalifragilistic. Like even yeah. that's like that's and a that's that's probably a second. I don't know. Right. Wow. Okay. Um, so this song, big deal in the states, got to number nine on the Billboard charts, number one on yep. the hip hop charts. It was nominated for the Grammy for best rap performance, losing to "Getting Jiggy With It" by Will oh, Smith. The um, <laughs> my um, my favorite part of the Will Smith Chris Rock debacle was uh, Will Smith that night being filmed out on the dance floor dancing to get jiggy with it, like getting down to his own song and you're watching it going, mate, what are you doing? You've you've got some serious PR to do tomorrow morning. I know what he's doing. He's going, I've got serious PR in the morning. I better, <laughs> I better actually have some fun. <laughs> this is it. <laughs> oh, by the way, just uh, uh, I looked it up for you. Um, Brown rapped at a clip of 14.1 syllables per second beating the Ooh. previous 12 and a half syllable a second record set in 1998 by British rapper Rebel XD. So there you go. That is that Thank is you. crazy. That's a, that's very quick cuz he was at the I think it was the Grammys they did 50 years of hip hop or something like that. They did that right. and he was like rapping very fast and I was watching it at work and people stopped what they were doing going that's in, that's amazing. That's incredible. Yeah. I'm like the whole yeah. that whole section was incredible but yeah Buster Rhymes did very well. So the chorus yep. of the song this is serious. We could make you delirious. You should have a healthy fear of us because too much of us is dangerous. Was taken from a 80s uh, PSA, so an uh, ad for Kids Corner Limited uh, warning children about the danger of loose prescription medications. What, what, sorry, what does uh, loose prescription medication mean? Like, is that uh, so, like just as things that's med- uh, prescribed for someone else and you leave around the them house? Out? So don't, oh, right. don't leave them around the house. It's serious. Right. It can make you delirious. You should have yeah. a fear of the pills because they're dangerous. Right. So if right. Buster was Australian, the chorus could have been Juicy Fruit Will Get You Going if he was just distilling <laughs> from ads. <laughs> that's, uh, that's what Trevor Smith would have done. Yeah, Trevor. <laughs> Trevor. Um, Buster's been featured on over 300 songs from other artists, most notably Hip Hop World, uh, in the hip-hop world, A Tribe Called Quest. Mm-hmm. He publicly said he wanted to leave his uh, first group called Leaders of New School to join Tribe Called Quest. Uh, he used to have lots of fights with his band. They kicked him out of the band just before they signed to a label. Uh, Buster Rhymes eventually signed to a label. And once he signed to a label, he said, that's it. I'm never going to cut or brush my hair again. And that's when he got his dreadlocks. It was like, <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't have to... Rock up to. I don't have to be in a suit. I don't have to rock up anywhere. I'm doing what I want. I don't like brushing my hair. <laughs> you know what? I did that. I did that around 46 when I decided I'm just wearing sneakers from yeah. now on. <laughs> I'm sick of shoes that make my feet hurt. I I switched to sneakers as well, and it is weird when you got to wear like dress shoes or boots and like, what are we doing? This is so Mate, uncomfortable. I just refuse to do it. I've got I've got black sneakers for you know black tie events. I've yeah. got. Darker coloured sneakers for, you know, when you're meant to wear a suit and Well I, I like I used to not wear sneakers on stage and now I do because I'm mm. if I'm leaving the gig late at night and I'm walking through the city, I'm like, I wonder about the run if I need to run. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so that's like, a real statement on uh, yeah. <laughs> the city at the yeah. moment in Melbourne. Yeah. <laughs> um Buster Ryan's also an actor. 
He yep. was in uh, the film Finding Forrester alongside Sean Connery, mm. who on the first day, Buster Rhymes arrived two minutes late and Sean Connery gave up, came up to him and gave him a slip of paper and, on a note saying, this is a late slip, don't do it again. And Sean Connery was also the producer of the film, so uh, Buster Rhymes was like, all right, I'm not going to cause a fuss because uh, he could fire me. Lucky because he doesn't mind getting in fights, Buster Rhymes. He mm. got arrested in 2015 at a gym for throwing protein powder at another gym member's face. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's great. Because that stuff's expensive. That, that don't, is. Don't go wasted that. Like, yeah. Mate, he's, uh, I'm not fucking brushing my hair and I don't give a shit about protein powder. But not even like <laughs> the water, the actual powder. Just like, yeah. yeah. So the guy's just <laughs> tasting like chocolate if you've not eaten chocolate before. Yeah. <laughs> Disappointing chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Hey, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back with five more songs. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. And we're back. Hey, these guys, we had Oliver Clark do one of their songs with Geraldine Quinn on the live show. This is Mr. President and the follow-up to Coco Jumbo. This is Jojo Action. And Hamo, bear in mind, the year is Stop it there, but I want I want to go forward a bit because, of course, they're a German Euro uh, dance band. Hammer, yeah. So of, course, of course, there's a rap. So let's try. It. Hopefully, this is. The Your Hey Jojo, you're down at the disco. Turn up your color and you're ready to go. Go hip, hip, hip. Let's do it. Tip, tip, tip. Come on, you're the man, the center of attraction. That's why they call you Jojo Action. Hip, hip, hip. hip. They've done them dirty, put them after Buster Rhymes. This is, wow. you can't do that. <laughs> wow. Like, that is a flex on the people putting this album together. <laughs> Imagine this is a live gig, Hamo. Yeah. Buster Rhymes has come out. These yeah. guys are on next. They're in the wings going, we can't, we can't follow this. Send the maybe, MC maybe, out. <laughs> the MC do something. Like, maybe they do think they can follow them. Maybe that's the, maybe that's the uh, amazing thing about uh, Mr. President. Well, when I saw, um, that it was called Jojo Action, and I knew their yeah. other song, Coco Jambu. I thought, I hope this is just the exact same song, but they've just changed oh, yeah. Coco Jambu with Jojo Action. 
but no, alas, it's not. Uh, it's a little bit like that with Buck's Fizz, isn't it? A piece of the action, yeah. making your mind up. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, what was the uh, Scatman John had the Scatman and Scatman's World. The same right. song, exactly the same, same song. song. Yeah. Uh, so this was the first single from their third album. It was called wow. Nightclub. It did well in Europe. Only got to 78 in Australia. But of course, listeners, you know where it went number one, baby. You're right. Hungary. Hungary, number one. Oh, yeah. They love, yeah. They love this stuff. Yeah. Well, you, you know uh, Speak the Hungarian Rapper, don't you? Have, have I ever shown you that before? I don't know if you have. Oh, mate. So Gate- when, when I lived with Gatesy from uh, Tripod, when we used to share a place together, we were obsessed with Speak the Hungarian Rapper. And uh, y- you know what? I'm not even going to tell you. Just look it up on YouTube. Right. And uh, he breaks down some rap that is, to be honest, before you said anything, reminded me a little bit of that breakdown in JoJo action. Great. Well, this came out on a single. It had seven tracks on it. All of them just remixes of this song. But one of them was by Kraftwerk. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. I that mean, is... they've got the German connection. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. Like in 98, I don't know how much Kraft... I mean, I don't know when their Tour de France song came out. That right. was kind of a big-ish song because yeah. of the Tour de France. Yeah. But, yeah, it was... Because Kraftwerk is one of the greatest bands I've ever seen live. Right. They were at the big day out and... I was young and was like, I don't, I don't really want to go and see these old German, this old German, like what I called yeah. back then, techno music. Yeah. And my mate Jimmy was like, no, no, you really should. I don't think they'll come out again. Just let's come, just go see it. And looking at it, it was like the stage presence, the show, it was top level, like elite. It was amazing. Oh, right. Yeah. And it was at the Is- big day out as well. It was just in the boiler room. Isn't it great when uh, the the band or the artist that you watch you know, more out of curiosity is the one that blows you away. That 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 was me with Bjork. Yeah. I was I liked uh, like I liked you know quite a few of her songs, but then I was like, oh, I wonder what she's like live. And then I honestly felt like I was on, and I wasn't, but I felt like I was on ecstasy. It was unbelievable. Yeah. And then it made everything like I wanted to watch Arcade Fire and I wanted to watch Rage Against the Machine and all of them. And I after Bjork, I was a bit like, oh, that, like <laughs> I'm cooked. Like yeah. this is great. Uh, all right, we'll move on. Hey, this is the debut single from their debut album. This is a French band. They're called Air, and this is their song, Sexy Boy. <laughs> Yeah. 
All right. So I, I must say, this was huge in my uni days. This was a real, hey, we'll, we've gone out. Let's go back to the to our house and we'll put on this and just talk well into the night. It's, it's yeah. Even though saying it's background music is kind of not high praise, it's perfect for that. This out, al- this yeah. whole album, it's perfect. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. I reckon that's how I've heard most of their music as well. Yeah. People putting it on and, uh, you know, like with gatherings and uh, stuff like that. There's a, there's such a um, – so two things. One is I'm probably more across the music that they've done. I, like I know that song and uh, a couple of others, but I know their music mainly through the work that they've done with Sophia Coppola yep. and her movies. Yeah. Um, but there's also – there's something uh, – th- th- there's something so French – about them and there's um once again getting back to Brian Ferry have you heard that uh cover of Frank uh, of Johnny and Mary that he did with Todd Turge yes. is that how you pronounce yeah. that, pronounce his name there, there's a there's a similar kind of uh, juice to it isn't yeah. there well it's so, so funny so being french must have been a real novelty for the comp- compilers because on the actual album it says air brackets french band <laughs> right <Yeah. laughs> okay no, didn't have Jojo, uh, Mr. President, brackets, German band, but French band, yeah. they're there. French, check it out. Um, it, it This was, you know, obviously a different sound for pop music, like coming off Jojo action to this. It's just yeah, so much more mature. Um, but you could tell reviewers didn't know what to talk about, how to, how to describe it. So the Sunday Mirror, of the British newspaper, gave the song 10 out of 10. But then they said this. They said, Dotty French duo come up with the best single of the year so far. Sounds like Kraftwerk meeting Daft Punk and going for a picnic with Aqua. It's like... (laughs) (laughs) Sure. (laughs) I don't see the Aqua connection. Daft Punk, they're both French. Kraftwerk, they're using electronic instruments. But yeah, it's... that was someone reaching, yeah. right? Uh, I'll, yeah, yeah, and we'll put that... Yeah, that sounds like a sentence. Yep. Uh, so a lot of people will know this song from the film 10 Things I Had About You. It's used oh, in the scene right. where they throw the invitations all like down and there's that nice scene where they're all coming down the kind of the stairs. That's uh, right, But yeah. like you said, like heaps of work with Sofia Coppola. Uh, they did the soundtrack of The Virgin Suicides. Their drummer put together the um, soundtrack for uh, Lost in Translation. Uh, and they've also had other songs on other of her um, her films. Yeah. Uh, this is another thing about the band. Uh, there was a rumour going around that AIR is an acronym. Uh, right. And it stood for, I can't I, I can't speak French, but Amour, uh, Imagination and Reve, R-E with an omelette, V-E again, which it translates to Love, Imagination, Dreaming. Oh, okay, right. So it's weird. So they've said Reverie? It, is rev- that what it is? Well, is that how you say it? I don't know. I it's don't know. R-E-V-E. Listeners, please yeah. let me know nicely. Please. Don't, please don't yes. yell at me, okay? <laughs> I'm str- I struggle with, I struggle with English, mate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they would say it. There's footage of them saying, yeah, that's what it stands for. And then 10 years later they said, no, it doesn't stand for that. Someone made it up and we wish we made it up, but it's not an acronym. The band's right. is called AIR. Right. Yeah. How funny. But, um, might as well. well. Might as well take something on board. It's like when someone comes up to you after you've uh, after your show and they tell you your show's all about this, and you sit there and you go, "It is." Yeah. <laughs> well, that's oh, it's so funny how you like you said that at the start of the show, and then in the end you brought it up again. I'm like, I didn't mean to, but great. Yeah, yep, we'll take Thank that. Thank you. Yep. All right. Hey, moving on. The fifth time they've been on the pod. Mm. 
These are, I think even you had one of their songs on a pod that you did. This is The Sisters and One Brother Core. This is The Cores. Great. From their album Talk on Corners, I Never Loved You Anyway. You bored me with your stories I can't believe that I endured you for as long as I did I'm happy it's over I'm only sorry that I didn't make the move before you And when you go I will remember To send a thank you note to that girl I see she's holding you so tender Well, I just want to say I never really loved you anyway What do you think, Hamo? Mate, I like it's very hard to talk about this band in 2023 and not know exactly how you can talk about bands, but I'm just going to come straight out with it and say I thought those three girls were super hot. Yep. I thought they were complete and utter babes. I thought the brother had the misfortune of being <laughs> fine looking when he's surrounded by three really hot sisters and it destroyed me. That the one that I found the hottest also has the same name as my mum. Oh. <laughs> it's a killer. It's like, you know what, it's Andrea. Then, oh, no, that's my mum's name. <laughs> well, don't feel bad for the brother. Uh, I reckon the brother and uh, the leader in the Mighty Mighty Boston's would be getting on famously in 2023. They're both, they're both love to go down the conspiracy hole. So, um, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. We've talked about it in a previous pod, though. So, uh, this uh, song, yes. though, hit all the target markets. Ireland, UK, Canada, Australia. That's where they were. That's where they were big. Nowhere else. Just those places. Yep. This song reached the top fifty. They weren't a singles band. They weren't like people bought the album. If you're into the cause, yes, you had the money. You're going to buy the album. Yeah. This song. Look, I, I think it's a fun song. It's a big old fuck you to their ex. It's yep. kind of like coming off the back of Aladdis Morissette. We had Alicia's Attic, and now the cause yep. all doing these songs where it's like, and I guess in a way. The Spice Girls kind of doing this thing of going, yeah. girl power, Yeah, we're independent, we're going to do it on our own. I mean, yeah. the Spice Girls were saying that as five, but still. Uh, <laughs> but it is that thing of going, this was a real scene. It was a real kind of like, yeah, women going, hey, fuck you all. I'm, I'm over it and I'm going to, yeah, take back the power. Yeah, in a power ballad or, yeah. you know, or upbeat kind of uh, power ballad. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, they, they, they were just a... Um, once again, not my music, but it was done really well and yep. you weren't offended if it came on in the background? No. Um, it talks about being like angry with your ex. You're friends mm. with your exes. You, you, you. <laughs> so recently um, I had a dinner with an ex and a, and a, and a mutual friend uh, just uh, a couple of weeks ago and um, my ex pointed out it was the eight-year anniversary of when we broke up. Oh. So we, we felt like we were celebrating and... Um, 
she uh, she told me all the awful things that she said about me to her friends and we laughed about it and uh, we could tell that the mutual friend was like, what is happening here? Because yeah. <laughs> I, in the last three years, have mm. become friendly again with two of my exes. Oh, okay, like, that's nice. We live in different cities, so it's like yeah. you can easily talk about it. But like when I did shows in their town, they came along and it was yeah pleasant. It was yeah, quite nice. There's one who refused to talk to me ever again. That's fine. Right, that's my fault. I put my hand up. Yep, did the wrong thing. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I I'm always amazed when people are really like tight still with people who have seen them naked. I'm like, that's you're that's impressive. I, I well, my my theory is that and and unless there's been something particularly nasty happen. Uh, you know, for the most part, you you're still evolving. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like sometimes a sometimes a relationship comes to an end because it just doesn't work anymore. Yeah. And there's and, and and sometimes it's in that area, in that space, when you know someone cheats or someone, uh, you know, you get into dumb arguments or whatever because you don't know how to uh, keep trying to make it work. Yeah. Uh, but for the most part, if, if, if nothing really bad has happened, you, you've, you've experienced uh, a lot together. So you may as well, you know, at, at the very least, be able to, if you bump into each other, yeah. be able to have a nice little chat. Yeah. All right. Hey, this is kind of fitting with a the theme. So mm. this is a song. It's not on Spotify. And I'll go, I'll talk about more after we play it. But let's just say a bit of detective work, trying to even find this song. Okay. This is by an artist called Lani, L-A-N-I, and this is I'm Losing You, brackets, Night Mix. I've got the feeling there's no concealing just what it is that's on my mind. mind that that's uh that I like feels it. like it's it's so weird it feels like it should be from 1972 or something it feels like a really kind of old uh torch song you know when you know like it's it's opening up the lungs and really getting into it and and feeling the song while you're singing it I, but i don't know it can i can i say this whole cd this whole volume 25 does seem hmm. like the people who are compiling it they're growing up a bit they're like, we're right. actually going to put some proper adult songs on this one. There's always right. been a couple that you go, oh, they've chucked it on for the dads and the mums who are driving the car. But this one yep. does seem, I mean, apart from JoJo Action, 
it does seem like the adults at whatever uh, I think festival or EMI have gone. Nah, we're going to actually put some songs on that we want to listen to. So yeah. this song, it's not on Spotify. It was from. Um, do you remember when Baz Luhrmann did a? He produced his own album called Something for Everybody. And it had not the sunscreen oh, song on no. it. No, it had right. the sunscreen song. Sorry, I always get confused right. with the John Safran parody. And yep. had had a bunch of stuff that he'd used in his films or his productions, right. and he'd done remixes of them and stuff like that. And so this is from that. Um, okay. And it's it's from a. Uh, I'll, I'll just read what it says on the actual um, YouTube page for it. It says. Uh, Performed by Lani was from an experiment, experimental opera uh, called Lake Lost. And this is what Baz Luhrmann had to say about I'm Losing You. He said, we were investigating ways of bringing a new audience to opera. So we created an opera workshop of a production we called Lake Lost. It was a story of an emotionally disconnected property mogul and how after being kidnapped by a group of crazy old bohemians, he is convinced not only to demolish the beautiful lake area that they inhabit. We all truly loved doing this show. I remember we built a lake of water in a film studio had sports cars driving around in the water and had to create special foot condoms for the opera singers so they didn't catch cold as they acted all the scenes in the water. Right. So that was I'd, the production. If if someone had told me that today I would hear the words foot condoms, yeah. I would have uh, <laughs> thought this is going to be an interesting day. Um, right. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, I didn't, I didn't know any of that. No. So this brings me to our next question. So that's what the song's from. But who is Lani? Right. This is a question I want to answer. So Google tries to tell me it's a woman called Lani Hall. Right. Who was an American singer who was married to Herb Alpert from Herb Alpert and the oh. Tijuana Brass. Right. But that's not who this is. Google, oh. Google says that's who it is. It's not. I looked into it. It's, it's not her. Lani right. was an Australian. So that Lani Hall was an American singer. This Lani is Australian. Her name is actually Lani Caston. Right. And her only other credit in the music industry, is working with Josh Abrahams in 2005 on a song for the motion picture One Last Ride. Right. I don't know, I don't know this film. I think it's Australian. I'm guessing it is seeing Josh Abrahams is involved on the soundtrack. And he was most famous for Addicted to Bass, that, whoa, whoa, oh. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so that's all. So I looked in from my old podcast, Don't You Know Who I Am. I know where to find people, okay? I know how to find right. Yeah. So this is who I think Lani Caston is, who wrote this song or sung this song. I think she's now a child psychologist in Rosebud in Victoria. Or she could be a woman who was an executive producer on a documentary called Chasing Asylum, which came out in 2016 and it focused on Australia's inhumane treatment of asylum seekers. They could be the same person though. Right. Because if she's a child psychologist, obviously she's working with like trauma and looking at Asylum seekers, there'd be children like children who are seeking asylum. Maybe she's working with them, and maybe that's why she's doing it. Anyway, either way, if this is the, she's the most interesting person in Rosebud. I've got to say that. Like, right? No shade on anyone in Rosebud, but come on, she's you're sitting yeah. with Baz Luhrmann. <laughs> I I feel like um, this song came up uh, an episode too late because if if this song had come up with Alexi, maybe Alexi and Cam's next series could have been Finding Lani. Finding Lani. Well, I'll find Lani. <laughs> Lani. Yeah. Lani Caston, if you're listening or you know her, hit me up and I just I just want to know if it's you, okay? Yeah. Because on the uh, so this has had on YouTube, uh, it's had fifteen thousand views, which is not many, right? But one of the comments is someone saying, "Ha, huh, this is my mum." 
Oh, hang on, who's that person? So maybe you can find her through that person. Oh, yeah. Um, all right, I'll do that anyway. I won't, I won't say in case this is a minor. I won't say their name, but anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that, no, that's uh, it'd be great to get her, and uh, and and also if you know her and you're listening to this, tell her we thought. Uh, her voice was great and the song's fantastic. I loved it. I, I actually think it's a yeah. really good song. Um, I, I remember that that compilation was like, because it was a big comp. It got to like number 17 in the charts, that album of, that's how right. that's how big Baz Luhrmann was in 98. Yeah. He'd come off the back yeah. of Strictly Ballroom and Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. And then just went, I'm just going to try and work on this opera where I get people to wear condoms on their feet and we'd ride yeah. sports cars around. I, I don't always uh, get into his movies, but I love that he's ours. Yeah. Also, Baz, not even his real name. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like Martin or something like that. <laughs> but he's, I love his, his wife's name. It's Catherine, I think. Yeah. But goes by Kaz, so it's Baz and Kaz. Baz and Kaz, And their yeah. kids are Gillian and William, which look the same on paper. It's great. So good. Love it. All right. Our last song. Our last song for this, uh, for this episode this is, I talked about them, I think, two weeks ago. This was probably the most played album in my house in 1998. This is Regurgitator and their song, Black Bugs. we need to play they don't make long songs that's for sure no they're so they're just great they're yeah. just just a fantastic band and you know well, uh you you were never upset when regurgitator came on no so this is a song about video game addiction i've never i i was kind of addicted to tony hawk skater uh mm. for one summer when my uh, f- uh a friend of mine at uni went back home and didn't need his uh playstation and so on oh no, nintendo and so i said do you want it for the summer and I would. This is how bad I got, Hamo. I would go to bed. I'd wait till my girlfriend was asleep. I'd get back up. I'd play for about four hours, then creep oh, back man. into bed in the morning and pretend I'd slept the whole night. Wow. Even though wow. she wasn't my mum. I was on yep. holidays. I don't know why I was hiding this. No, but you feel you feel dirty yeah. because uh, because it's uh, because it is an addiction. Yeah, um, I, I, I've I've never had any video games in the house. I I deliberately avoided them. Uh, it's not that I haven't played them, but uh, man, I'm you know we're comedians. We're obsessive. You yeah. know we and I'm I'm obsessed with enough shit, and and that's the only reason I've avoided video games. Yeah. Uh, so this was written by band member Ben Eli. It got to number thirty two on the charts. Also. Got the exact same number on the Horace 100 that year, 32. Right. Quan uh, Yeomans of the band had three songs placed higher that year. So he was also had Happy Land He's, uh, with his then partner, Janet English from Spiderbait. Uh, so they had uh, another song higher. Uh, Don't You Know Who I Am, actually, was what it was called. Uh, right. <laughs> 
Film clip directed by Quan uh, of the band. It's just very basic computer-generated figures. Um, but it has a charm to it. I watched it today. I went, oh, this is actually, it's dated, but it looks cool. It still has it like its own distinct style to it. Well, it's, you know, now that they're releasing, you know, uh, people are remaking like whole Radiohead albums to sound like Nintendo Yeah, music. the 8-bit one, yeah. Yeah, now this feels, you know, the film clip's probably yep. in keeping with the with the uh, vibe of the times. Yeah, and the cover work, also designed by Quan and Janet, also with Ben Elove at the band. Uh, Janet and Quan at the time, they called themselves The Shits. That was their uh, production <laughs> company. And right. it won the ARIA for best uh, cover art. And so it was actually announced, uh, and for cover art, the shits and Ben Eli. Um, so good. good. Which That's very funny. Also, the cover art was just, it was silver with a big yellow circle on it. Right. And the on the CD was a, sti- a, a transparent sticker that just said, regurgitate it unit, and then the warning, this contains uh, language and stuff like that. But that was a sticker on the actual case. And right. now, younger listeners wouldn't know this, but CD cases would always break. Like yes. Always get cracked or the little tips would break off and you'd quite oh. often change them over. Well, I did anyway. I would change them over for CDs I don't listen to anymore and go, no, yes. I, want my, I want my CDs I listen to have nice cases. You couldn't yes. do that with this one. There was a sticker already on the cover. Because I, yeah, right. I always would peel the stickers off every yep. – every, like, I know people Absolutely. Who, who kept the prices on. I'm like, no, I'm taking all the stickers off. I don't even, yes. want, I don't even want the quotes from like Rolling Stone or whatever it was. I nah. want all those off. This yes. was one, it was like, yeah, you kind of had to leave it on there. Ah, motherfucker. Yeah. That would have driven me insane. Yeah. And it's one of one of the one of the things that also drove me insane, and it's the same with books or whatever, is when you take the sticker off and it's still fucking sticky and oh. you can't get that sticky off. Yep. It's yeah. <laughs> I I've always picked my labels off. Every even when I have drinks and stuff, the labels come off. Yeah. Yeah, well, means uh, means you're sexually frustrated. That's what they say. Yeah, but <laughs> according to random people, you didn't know that well yeah. back in the day. <laughs> All right, that is the end of our list. Let's go through them and see how many of these are actual hits, according to Justin Hamilton. Okay, mm. seems like a long time ago. The Mighty Mighty Boston's the impression oh, that yeah. we get. Yeah, that's a hit. Hit. Okay, open up your eyes by Tonic. N- not for me. No. The Ballad of Tom Jones, Tom Jones by Space and Cerise Matthews or Cerise. Yes, even more so when I realised uh, what the lyrics are about. Yep. Uh, Weird by Hanson. Yeah, let's give it a hit. I'm glad you did that. I, I actually yeah. listened to it a fair bit the last two days. I mean, that's that's yeah, it's a good song. Yeah. Dangerous by Buster Rhymes. Yes, that's a hit. Jojo Action, Mr. President. Like, I, not for me. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Uh, <laughs> Air, sexy boy. Yes. I never loved you anyway by the cause. Um. Yeah. Okay. Lani, I'm losing you. Night mix. Yes. And finally, Black Bugs Regurgitator. Yeah, absolutely. This is a great album. This is eight out of yeah. ten. That's like yeah. I think last week Alexi also had eight out of ten. That's sixteen out of twenty. That is good. And and you know what? The two that I didn't vote for, they are a hundred percent fine. Fine. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing on this album that is like I mean, maybe I, you could twist my arm and say Jojo Action is a terrible song, but it's so out of it's, place. When it hits you, it, it's like this is this is crazy. This is a, a weird song. I like it. Yeah, I I'd rather that it's a bit weird and a bit uh, off the beaten path than yeah. you know. Like, we didn't get two songs that sound like Tonic, no, so that's fine. No, we didn't. Hey, thanks for doing this, Hamo. Uh, 
you got anything to plug? You got, you got your podcast. Uh, we got the Big Squid podcast that is uh, coming out uh, at the moment. And when does this podcast get released, Josh? Uh, t- in about uh, s- s- less than 12 hours, 10 hours. Oh, yeah. Uh, I will be in Canberra uh, next Wednesday, May 3rd, uh, appearing at the Canberra Comedy Club. And if you go to allevents.in forward slash Canberra forward slash camera comedy anyway you'll find it on google uh i will be performing there awesome make sure you go and see hammer if you're in canberra hey thanks everyone who's uh, jumped on patreon and our patreon subscribers all the uh comedy festival shows that i did all the podcasts are all up there if you want to listen to them pod machine is coming back as of next week we're going to do two a week until we catch up year so we're in the same year every time so 100 hits and pod machine so go to patreon.com slash dyk wia also i didn't say this on the other pods thanks everyone who came out and saw uh, my shows this year at the festival i had a great festival really enjoyed myself i've learned great less is more hamo it's it's yes. fun like <laughs> mate it, i did uh, we, we did uh, the live big squid together which yes, was, was a great. ball with with celia pacola and uh i'm just uh, waiting back from the lawyers to let me know how much of it i can keep in for regular listeners and uh, then the solo show as well uh much like it was great to get to the end of the solo show and go oh, i wish i'd done a week which was the wrong feeling because the one-off was much better yep I was talking to Adam Richard earlier today and he was saying both of you and I, we won the festival. We figured it out. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Less is more is going to be tattooed across yeah. my forehead in case I ever forget. Well, this is what I was saying as well. I was saying that like the festival should be like a knockout competition. So you keep going until you stop selling out and then that's it. No. Right. No, you know, Everyone gets that first week. Yeah. And then from then on, yeah. if you're not selling out after that, you're out. Sorry. Sorry, yeah, Ur- Ursula Carlson will never stop doing shows. She's just <laughs> always at the town hall. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, thanks everyone. You're all the best. Hopefully, we see you next time. Thanks, Amo. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.